welcome to episode four of the Soutcast for this season with myself, Glyn Price, and joined by Ollie Warner to excitedly, Ollie, talk about some league football. Doesn't it feel like it's been a while, my friend? It has been a while, mate. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. Um, so excited I was. Mm. I was frustrated um, when we couldn't watch it, but we'll get to that at one point, at some point or another. We will get to that, yeah. There's obviously uh, some eye-follow discussions to be had at some point down the line, but just just brilliant, really. Uh, we've talked about, you know, watching the first game last week, didn't we, and, and the excitement of kind of watching it, you know, belayed with the frustrations of not being at the game. But again, it's kind of the first league game. It kind of, to me, you know, that excitement of ready for the game on Saturday kind of ramped up even from the Middlesbrough game, um, especially as we had a little bit of a glimpse of the team last week. So, yeah, another another good moment to kind of at least get back to that league programme and, and, and start to think about what we might actually see this season. Yeah, definitely got it. Got it. I was looking forward to it. Looking forward to it all day on Saturday. It was, yeah, good. Still not the same, obviously, as going to the ground. But um, yeah, it was good. And yeah, I was all ready to go. And yeah, intrigued. Obviously, it was a tough uh, fixture to start with. Um, but yeah, some some definitely some positives to take from the game. Um, a few interesting moments for us to discuss as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, one game, you know, obviously that we got to watch, but part of you know that whole football league program returning as well, which again, yeah. to me, kind of solidifies the fact that football in its current form is back. I suppose you know we had the Premiership playing out that season, but obviously a little bit of Championship football, but no, no lower leagues at that point in time. But now, yeah, you know, you had the full gamut on Saturday and FA Cup games down in the lower leagues, and and some interesting results in like League Two where Harrogate having their first game. So it was one of those ones where you sort of watched all the football results coming in, in the, at the end of the day after the huge result, and again another thing I'd kind of missed. So yeah, it d- does feel like it. It's back and it's that first step, but um, yeah, another few steps to take it, as you said. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. Good stuff. So it, the good thing is we do get to talk about Shrewsbury Town game, so we shall move on to that now. It was a nil-nil game, but um, we, we'll talk about that, not maybe being reflective of some of the football last season. But yeah, let's get into it. First league game of the season: Portsmouth and Shrewsbury Town. There it's to Lawrence. He's been left for Bobby Grant onto his left foot, and he drives his second and doubles Shrewsbury Town lead. So um, yeah, Portsmouth. Nil, Shrewsbury nil, zero fans. Um, and yeah, interesting, Shrewsbury were um, changing in some kind of random room. The club put a photo out and it looked like they were getting changed in some kind of village hall or something. <laughs> and plenty of room um, for the players um, to shout and yeah, get ready for the game. Um, so in terms of the team, um, so there was a few changes in this is um, this game mm. coming into it. There was, a, there was a few surprises, I'd say, but I'll ask your opinion actually when we've just run through it. Yeah. So we had so we had Sarkic in goal who came in for Harry Burgoyne, and Williams moved across to right back, which I think was probably maybe the biggest surprise. Um, then Ebanks, Landall, and Pierre in centre back. So nice to have a left-footed centre back in there. Goldborn playing left back, and Walker um, sitting deep again, and then Vela came in for Edwards. Um, high um, started again, and then the front three was the same. Um, so just to kind of say maybe Edwards um, has an, an injury and he's out for a few weeks, um, and then I think Pierre's coming back in because he's our best um, central defender. Um, and then yeah, interestingly, goalkeeper change, Glenn. Yeah, there's a lot to cover really, isn't there? Considering what we saw on the Middlesbrough game and and. The kind of changes, you know, you've, you've covered them there. We'll sort of talk about them one by one. We'll talk about the goalkeeper, as you said first. Yeah, I mean, Harry Burgoyne had a nightmare, didn't he, last week? Now, to me, I'm going to say this early on: the move to play Sarkic, um, and it is Sarkic, isn't it? We've had the official Stuart Dunn pronunciation class now, haven't we? So, um, to start him, I think maybe indicates to me that he's going to be number one, Holly, um, at the end of the day, because he'd only come into the football club on was it Thursday and met everybody for the first time, and you know, Friday was his first training session. Do you know what I mean? That's just massive for one day, and then go straight into the starting lineup. Now we could all see why. He was bloody amazing. So yeah, I've um, got. An, if you think of a nickname for him, for me, um, go with Iceman. You know, from yeah. Top Gun. He was just 
chilled. He was like almost had a cigar when he was playing. He was very chilled <laughs> out, so calm. And he's got like, and as Mark Elliott kind of pointed out, how kind of calm he is. Yeah, he's got that calming presence, um, which is what you really, really want in a goalkeeper. No, and so as as I say, I think you know maybe that's maybe settled the argument for the moment about who's going to be number one. I don't see. Burgoyne, I think that settles it for the season. Yeah, I'm afraid. I think Burgoyne will be getting your EFL trophy games, so he'll probably he'll probably play one of those games next week. But um, yeah, I, I, it's a shame, and especially after what happened on his debut, it would have been nice for him to have had one good game. But um, maybe we'll get another chance. You don't know this. This kid's going to be on international duty as well. So as we talked about last week, Burgoyne will have to play then. But um, so that, that was the first real interesting change. I suppose you're right. The second one in terms of uh, maybe more of a kick in the balls for for Donald Love really more than anyone. Is is Williams playing right back now? He's he's a good player, Williams, isn't he? And you want to get a team where you've got Williams, Ebanks, and Pierre all playing at the same time because potentially there are three best defenders. Um, and this is a, a way of doing it with, with sort of shoehorning Williams in at right back, where he has played a few times and he has been decent, hasn't he? Um, so, yeah, I've got a theory of why he played there, but but it's not great for Love to have lost his place already to no, someone. But who's I think not... this was game specific. Yeah, you reckon? Okay, what's what's your theory? Yeah, so so if you know if you. I was kind of wondering why he was playing there um, and having watched Pompey in the playoffs and stuff like that, they do like to switch the ball to him and use his an aerial, you know, can use, use him as an aerial threat. Um, so, and he's quite a strong winger. You know, he's not a, a little winger. Mm. Um, he's quite a tall, strong winger. So I think we played um, Williams for that kind of aerial defensive um, Solidity, you know, being able to win those headers, yeah, um, and put a battle on him. That was that's my theory. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll have to see, won't we? It's going to be interesting to see who plays there every week. We know Fossey's going to be pushing yeah. sooner rather than later, you'd assume. So it's it suddenly becomes pretty competitive in the sort of centre back and, and right back position, doesn't it? And you know, yeah, probably just competition is what you yeah. want in the team. Certainly not a position we need to look at in, increasing any you know members of members of staff there for the moment. Um, Unless we can get um, yeah a world class player, it's <laughs> unlikely. We're not going to get a world class player, are we? You know, okay. no, we're not going to get Kimmich. <laughs> From Bart no. Uh Ebanks and Pierre. Yep, that's my front. That's my that's my centre back pairing. I, I play that every day of the week. And Goldborn was good last week, so kept his place. And then yeah, midfield. As you say, one change there with Vela coming in, but obviously because Edwards was injured, and um, that's just disappointing to hear about Dave Edwards getting injured, isn't it? I mean, it's starting to become a bit of a pattern, isn't he? Obviously had a good run at the end of last season, but to get injured so soon into this season isn't great. However, Vela came in and, and did a good job, so it's not really a massive worry. Um, and then the front three the same. So yeah, an interest, interesting lineup, and certainly maybe a couple more changes. You might have expected watching that Middlesbrough game, Ollie. Yeah, no, it does. Mm. It was good. It was good performance. Interesting. So yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, there'll still be changes as this window goes on, no doubt. Um, and some of the players that maybe performed better in here are maybe performing. Uh, you know, when we talk through the game, maybe some of the players that had the best games are, are doing so because they know they're the ones that are the ones that are likely to get replaced with that quality that Ricketts is looking for. But maybe maybe that's a bit unfair. So yeah, we saw the team on Twitter, and obviously I had a little chat about that, and we we all sort of thought, mm, interesting. Let's see how this comes out, and. Um, yeah, what, would you want to explain the start of this game, Ollie? Because obviously everybody yeah. watched this on iFollow and um, not everybody had the same experience, I don't think. No, it was a bit <laughs> hit and miss. Um, yeah, so should you tank come running out um, in front of the kind of ran across the back of the goal and yeah. came out um, from where the, the Pompey cop, I don't know if they call it a cop, but yeah, kind of Pompey, uh, Pompey main end, um, where all their fans, their noisy fans sit. So yeah, game kicks off. You know, we're all sitting there, cup of tea, you know, whatever your drink of choice is at three o'clock in the afternoon at home. <laughs> um, and yeah, unfortunately, after a few minutes, um, we are watching a Sunderland game. Mm. Um, and while I love football, I did not want to watch Bristol Rovers versus um, Sunderland. Did get to see them score a penalty at least, <laughs> um, but that is not one to see. And, and I got really irate. I was literally fuming. 
And when you look back at the tweets now and you think, well, that was a bit of an overreaction, wasn't mm. it? But at the time, you'd wait all day for this. You've waited months for this. You've waited weeks, days, hours, and you've been watch- clock watching all day. And you paid for it. To- and you paid for it. And it was working. Yeah. For then for it then to be pulled away and you didn't know when it was come back, I was absolutely livid. Um, and just where I was to say that for me, I think me and you had the same experience. I think we lost yeah, about yeah. from about five minutes, maybe five minutes, well, less than five minutes. I think it was at least 10 minutes we lost. Yeah, I didn't. Um, up to about yeah. the 13th minute, where my brother said that he didn't lose it. Um, some people only lost it for five minutes. And Brian tells me, because I did contact the club um, about I follow not just about the game, but also, you know, there's certain things that are not available now. Mm. Um, the full match isn't available now. Uh, my, um, you know, could watch it. So it's a bit odd. You know, you think it would be one for one for all. Odd. Maybe it's device specific. That's the only thing I can really think of. But we maybe need to look into it a bit more detail. I was streaming it off um, my phone, so maybe that was, was a, off Chrome a part of it. Yeah, I, yeah. I did it through a Chromecast actually, so maybe that's interesting, Ollie. Um, so yeah, interesting. But you know, it it just it did really sully the start of the bloody league season. You know, say ten pound. I feel like you should get a bit of a refund for it. I wouldn't expect a full refund for it because you did get most of the game. But imagine if we'd have missed, you know, a couple of opening town goals and we'd end up winning 2-0. You'd be bloody livid. And at the end of the day, I, I haven't seen the start of this game, you know, the bit we missed. And it's difficult to do a podcast about part of a game you didn't watch. Other than... Yeah, and normally, well, I did message you, didn't I, afterwards, saying, watch oh, it don't back. worry, yeah. it'll be online. And it isn't. It isn't. No, bloody useless. <laughs> That's so. why you know the club. Frustrating. So. But yeah, and, yeah, you know, I follow. It is going to be part of the, the new normal I follow, isn't it? And, um, you know, we're probably going to have glitches like this and it's going to happen every now and again. And kind of got to take it on the chin but it was shit you know i'm fair enough to say that it was a really crap thing to happen and um it frustrating because when it came on you know as we're talking about iPhone before we got into the game you know they were, they were doing goal, goal updates from other places in the league and a few other bits and pieces they didn't do last season i can see how they tried to improve the offering and to me again when i streamed it and it came on it was fine and good hd quality so there are lots of things to like about iFollow for me um and it and it does give you some some things that we we didn't have when we first did this did this about three or four years ago but yeah if you're going to start showing me the sunderland game then that's pretty rubbish but to be fair, Ollie, and the income it was, coming in is yeah. significantly greater as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it should be. You should be a bit better because there's a bit more money going in there. But yeah, it's a third party, whoever they are, who don't seem to be up for the task. Well, at least going to the Sunderland game, I did see a goal on Saturday. So <laughs> because if I watched the whole town game, I wouldn't have seen one. But um, and it was against Sunderland, so that was fine. It was that was fine. But yeah, a, a bit of a joke, really. And that, we've been having a discussion, haven't we, with a few people on on Twitter today about I follow in general. And um, I think there's Nathan Rowden who, who sort of flagged up that he, he didn't really think that ten pound is fair. And actually, when you add up the cost of paying for every you know away game this season, if that was what it was going to be, and there were no away fans, lad, you know that's more than um, what would you say, more than a Sky Sports subscription or it's, it's more than Netflix and Amazon Prime for a year, you know, something like that, which is, you know, something, something crazy, especially if you're playing for the home games as well. So there, there is a there is a captive market, isn't there, that I follow and know they've got. And in reality, there isn't really very much we could do about this. There is there is the option of, you know, illegally streaming it. And I have friends, and I'm not going to dob them in, but I know friends who've got IPV TV, which is illegal, isn't it? But they can watch any kind of stream and any kind of football that's on, and, and they pay their subscription fee to them. And... and that's that. So there are other options out there in terms of being illegal, but you know, I wouldn't want to do that. I want the stream to work. I want to put the money into the football club. And um, I've seen a lot of people saying today, I'm not going to pay for that shite. You know, I, I, I'm not going to give them my money again if that's what happens. So it will put a few people off and that will hit the club's baseline. So in reality, Brian's right to kick up a bit of a fuss because it's his money that their poor service is losing. So there's, there's a lot to think about with the whole system. Hopefully it settles down. And um, yeah, I don't know. The price thing maybe isn't going to change. I think it's only ever going to go up, isn't it, unfortunately, Ollie? Yeah, I think we'll, I've got two points on this. It's kind of building on what you said. Is One is, 
if this is it for the season, let's just hope, fingers crossed, it doesn't happen. But let's pretend um, that, you know, we don't get to go to an away game all season. Let's just keep it as simple as that. Yeah, I would, I'd want to get some kind of discount or some kind of game pass. Yeah, have that's to true. Pay it all in front. Um, yeah, you know, you could watch it even on a VPN and save a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's cheaper for Europeans to watch. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess the thing that's also a bit of concern for me, and it's something I did raise to Brian as well, is if you're a season ticket holder, you get an iFollow pass. And then you can't watch it. Yeah, and what's your season That's ticket going to be quite, um, quite um, frustrating um, yeah. and ten- potentially issue down the road. But I think we've said enough about I followed everything else to say on it. But yeah, it's an interesting discussion which we'll carry on. And yeah, please share your thoughts on Twitter with us. Yeah, we, we you know, it is. It, we'll move on to the game now. Oh, you're right, it, we need to leave it here. But the point is that I follow is not going away this season, is it? With everything going on, and it is going to be a recurring theme. So yeah, we're happy to accept anyone's comments on I follow, and maybe we'll revisit that at the end of the podcast last week. and Maybe have a slightly longer discussion. But, yeah, we did get back into it. But, Ollie, what happened in the bit we missed? <laughs> have you found out yet? <laughs> I don't think anything. Lewis Cox knew, obviously, because uh, probably Tom Griff was messaging, as he always does, <laughs> um, about it. he couldn't watch it. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't think really much happened. Um, and then there was a, yeah, I guess the kind of game really kind of came to life um, when um, our old um, Shrewsbury Town player, um, Bryn Morris, um, test the goalkeeper mm. and with a decent effort from long range took him two attempts to save it and get the ball under control um, but yeah good early test for the goalkeeper it's what he needed wasn't it you know if you think about last week with Burgoyne his sort of first moment really he completely messed it up didn't he and ended up with a sort of embarrassing own goal really so yeah the first chance Sharkets had to show what he had and did did enough to, to set himself down didn't he I think that was a big moment for him in the game to settle himself down and think right okay this is this is me now I can, I can kind of get the game going and um, a, a good What's the word? A good marker on really on the way the rest of his performance went, I suppose. Yeah, and it did. And then it came back to one of those long balls I was talking about, um, which, yeah, and Williams did really well um, to kind of um, snuff out. I thought he did a really, really good job. Um, and, yeah, you know me, Glenn, I like players to kind of get on with it and play football and moan. And I, I really hate wingers, but God, Curtis is a winger. He's always got a face <laughs> like a slapped ass, and he's always complaining. Um, and I did enjoy Fossey coming on and just taking him out, which was quite funny. But yes. yeah, he, had a, he had a terrible game. Um, and yeah, Williams did really well to to, to manage him. Um, and then well, I guess, yeah. for, and then I guess, yeah, first action from Shrewsbury. Um, good attack from the left. Again, Goldborn involved. A pass to Vela, passes to Walker. And then Walker goes on one of his mazy dribbles, um, goes past a man. Passes to Wall, he tries to find Cummings, but the def- shot was deflected over. And yeah, that was a good. We cut into them really easy there, didn't we, Glenn, to get into the box? It was it was great. That was the sort of attacking I want to see more of this season. It was uh, sort of dynamic, as we talked about last week. It was sort of cutting. There was some pace and drive about it. Um, and they also looked like they had the intelligence to look for the right pass at the right time, which maybe drifted out of us as the game went on. To be honest with you, but shows that we've we've got the ability to do it. And and all honesty, Cummins, I thought I put on Twitter at the time. I thought he blazed it over the bar, and it was a poor finish. But yeah, there was a serious deflection on it that sent it over the bar. And without that, we were scoring, wasn't he? You could tell it was probably going to go top corner. So um, yeah, really, really good. And and you know the front two and, and Walker joined up with them and Pike sort of supporting. It worked well in that first half at times, particularly I thought. Um, and yeah, we, we were unlucky not to go ahead there. To be honest with you, I thought. Yeah, no, it was a good opportunity, good opportunity. Um, and then there was probably one of the first contentious moments of the game. Um, so, yeah, counter-attack um, by Pompey, ball over the top, and Marcus is running only on goal, um, and then he goes down. Um, I won't think show what I think, Glenn, but, yeah, what, what did you make of this? Um, 
incident where Pierre got a yellow. Initially, I thought he was lucky not to get sent off, to be honest. I mean, look, it's hard to tell because we haven't seen it back, really. I mean, the highlights went up, but I've been busy today. But, it, you know, on first view, it looked like he did catch him as much as he sort of protested that he didn't. And he looked mystified and, and annoyed that he'd been given it. So, yeah, OK, maybe he, it looked like he did. Maybe he didn't, but the referee's seen it. So then you think, OK, the referee's seen it. He thinks it's a foul. If it is, is it a red or a yellow? Because it could have been justified that he was last man. And luckily for Pierre, Ebanks Lendl is pretty quick as well. And he was just covering around the side, wasn't he, to the left-hand side. So, OK, then it, then it's not a red card for me. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a mess they got themselves into, Ollie, wasn't it, to be honest? It wasn't great defending. And um, I think getting away with the yellow card and a free kick in that situation was probably the best we could have hoped for. It could have been a bit worse, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he probably got a bit, bit lucky not to get red, but... We've seen referees send players off for stupid things like that before, but it didn't happen, and um, and that was that, I guess. I don't know. You're probably going to say you didn't think it was a yellow card. <laughs> no, it wasn't. He didn't touch a ball then. How have you seen if that? It, since? If he was a more, if he was a player with a bit more integrity and morals, that and doesn't whinge all the time and dive um, and throw himself to the floor, um, I might have might view it a bit differently. <laughs> but I've always going to be a bit sceptical when Marcus is involved, and I think he tricked himself on purpose. Mm. Okay. He looked, if you, I've watched you back quite a few times. Okay. And I did think this at the time. I did tweet it. That was never a foul. He dived. And then you said he didn't. A few people said he didn't. So I did, if I'm honest, I deleted it. I was like, oh, I don't want to get a load of abuse from Pompey fans. <laughs> um, so I deleted it and just left it. Um, and then Brian doesn't think it was a foul either. Okay. I mean, my email chat with Brian. Um, and um, yeah, I thought he dived, um, tripped himself up, went down. Um, and it was, yeah, never. I've watched it in slow motion. You see, he looks where... Um, he is, which you'd expect as a striker to see where the defender is. But then Pierre goes around the back of him. Now, it's, he's hard to tell, but for me, he trips himself. And you can tell from Pierre's body language, he shouts, I didn't touch him, and he looks mystified, and he looks furious with the ref when he does book him. He was annoyed, wasn't so, he? Yeah. yeah. So I think that wasn't that wasn't the yellow or foul. Was but on the principle, the referee clearly saw it as contact. You, you didn't yeah. think, it, you know, we, did you think... No, I think that yellow, is so let's just pretend... No, no, if it is pretend... Yeah, it, it wasn't a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, yeah, he didn't go for the ball, but I think that, yeah, you're right. You, I think you described it well in terms mm. of talking about mm. Ebanks positional. Yeah. I think a few more strides in Ebanks would have been there and trying to put some pressure on for the shot. Come across, yeah. There we go. Well, it came back to bite us on the arse, really, regardless of the whys and wheres for us of it, because, um, well, it didn't, I suppose it didn't cost us a game in the end, but certainly it's cost us one of our best players for a bloody week, and um, yeah. he's not going to be able to play against his, his old club next week, which is a bit frustrating for him, I should imagine. So, yeah, one yellow. And then, you know, I think we haven't really got this in the agenda, but we had, we had three yellows in the first half, didn't we? And it was one, one yeah, thing I did. noticed was I think that, you know, people saying, <laughs> I saw some people saying, oh, it was in, inexperienced lads getting all these yellow cards. Well, Pierre got one. Wally got one for a stupid foul, to be honest. He just tripped a bloke, didn't he? And it was a proper professional foul. And I think High yeah, got the other one. Was foul. it High? I can't remember now. One of, but one of the inexperienced lads got the other card. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't just that. It was um, you know a, a sort of three random sort of tackles really that were all were all other than Pierre's, which you can debate. The other two I think were pretty much yellow cards. So um, I don't mind that. You know, if they're going to go Bella charging, got it, it was yeah. Bella who got booked. Bella, it was Bella who got booked as well. Yeah. Oh, so so it was, yeah. <laughs> It was the it was the oh, it was four in the end one was it yeah I think it was yeah, yeah okay there we go then so it was all the experienced players but I think one of those things I was saying to my brother while we were watching the game was that if you if you noticed and we haven't really talked about how town were playing first half is 
they were hunting in packs at times and they were really trying to high press. There was one point where we, we sent, you know, they were trying to play out the back, put, put, uh, Portsmouth, and we sent our three forwards and they just, they were all in the box trying to chase and close the ball down. And God, we haven't seen that for such a long time. That's such a difference, isn't it, compared to last season? Um, but I think you'll find that you occasionally get a few more yellow cards for trying to make that last little step and you, you just don't get to the ball and you trip someone and you'll pick up a professional foul for that. So I think we probably will get more bookings for if we're going to play like that. We might get a few more bookings and, and, and we might get more red cards because of it because you might have a few more players on yellow cards as the game goes on but if we're going to play on that front foot football that's maybe something we've just got to accept Ollie yeah yeah definitely I think also a little bit of rustiness as well is in is playing in there as well Um, but I think it's fair to say that I think Shrewsbury Town shaded the first half yeah yeah, good counter-attack from Shrewsbury Vela to Cummings um, who runs forward Um, and then this is something for me we'll come back to this slowing down and and crossing I think could be an issue for us but he crosses it um, hits it to goalball and he crosses it in and then a a really really good um, header for Pike um, and then Shrewsbury would just seem to be getting into um, the opposition area quite a lot with some good counter-attacks and some good distribution, I'd call them long passes, um, and getting switches into dangerous areas. It's clearly something we were working on. Um, so I think overall, first half-wise, um, I thought, yeah, I thought we definitely shaded it. Yeah, I think for me, Walker started to shine in the first half with his distribution from deep. Um, yeah. I think you've got to give him a lot Some of credit of his for passing that. at times. Yep. I literally didn't know where he was passing to. And I was like, wow, that's a good pass. And it happened at least twice, maybe three times. We did a superb pass. I'm already starting to think, I put this on Twitter, but I'm already starting to think he's going to be one of those players that we have occasionally where they're, they're not really very highly rated um, because maybe they struggled in the first season or, you know, with, with Walker, it's been, you know, a, a troubling season last year, although we didn't finish it and he maybe didn't show us his best football. But then the next season, someone goes on out of that pack of, sort of mediocre players they actually go on to be a really important player and I always think back to someone who was Terry Dunfield who you know never no one really rated him that well in the first season he was sort of a bang average midfield player he didn't really shine and then he had a season the next season where he was really good and I think he was you know in the mix for player of the season and stuff like that I'm not saying Brad Walker's going to do that but I certainly think he's got an opportunity on the evidence of you know these first two performances this season to at least you know show us the reason why Sam Ricketts was so keen to bring him in as his first signing and and you know the the sort of ways that Ricketts has talked about him and he seems to be developing and maturing he's getting to a sort of more mature age now and and some of the ability that he showed on Saturday is encouraging and, you know, he's been one of those players we've maybe been very critical of, Ollie. We can't, you know, rewrite, rewrite last season's podcast, but we can start this season by giving him nothing but praise for those first two performances. And, um, yeah, long may it continue. I think, it's, I think it's good to see players progressing, and that's what you want a manager to do. You want them to progress a player, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, and I think for me, you know, this level, um, you can kind of go um, one or two ways with certain players. You can try and get someone who's good at everything. Mm. Um, and maybe it's not, you know, not not a, a kind of greater, you know, a bit of a jack of all trades. You know, he's all right at passing, all right at crossing, almost at passing. You know, he's got quite a good physique. Where I'd say Jack, um, Jack Walker, <laughs> Brad Walker, um, <laughs> you know, isn't the most mobile of players, no. but he's physical, he's tall, and he can win headers. So he's got that strength. And you know, yeah, his passing is is a massive strength. And it's probably, you know, one, obviously it's his biggest asset. So mm. while he hasn't got other things, yeah, having him in that sitting role um, with some mobile players around him works really well. And then he has passing ability from what we saw in this game. Um, it was really, really good. So, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. be interesting to see how he plays. And, and yeah, we're unsure who was going to compete with Goss in that kind of deep line playmaker role. So, yeah, yeah it gets almost, you know, high has showed himself to be a first-team player. And then also... Um, Walker has performed well so it kind of raises the question do we really really need lots more central midfielders no I, 
unless there's some genuine quality there, as we've talked about before, you're probably going to be... A Doherty type, a yeah, John Nolan type. Someone on loan that is going to just be at that level above a Ben Godfrey. If someone like that becomes available, yeah, we're going to we're going to get them in straight away. But, you know, Walker, Vela, High, Edwards, Norburn, Goss. I and mean, that's six for three uh, every week. That's and prob- potentially Josh Daniels as well. Yeah, that's going to be that's probably enough. And it's probably enough quality not to get re-relegated. I mean, you look at Walker, Vela and High. One of the things that stood out to me on Saturday was all three of them pass accurately and crisply. You know, they might not necessarily be that John Nolan type none of them I don't think that John Nolan type that are going to unlock a defence but when you've got three attacking players in front of you maybe none of them need to I be that I think Vela can but mm. we haven't seen the best we've of not seen it yet have we yeah. Yeah. yeah so first half ended and I was pretty pleased overall yeah it was I say my only real problem with, with uh, the first half really was the was was just not taking the, the chance when it came, I suppose. Um, yeah. And I, I did think, and it started to become more apparent as the second half wore on, but I did start to notice at the end of the first half is that I really like Cummins. You know, he's one of my favourites. And, you know, he's going to be dynamic and he's going to get forward and run at players. But I don't know. It feels a little bit like to me, like he'll do a lot of good work and then he will just sort of not have that cross or that pass because... He's, you know, as much as Rishkits has said he can play out on the right, I still think he probably is more of a central striker. And well, it's, he's going to have to develop that. I forgot to raise actually. Yeah, because when he cut in, I think maybe you think about that time where he cut in, slowed the whole, slowed the whole attack down, um, and then crossed it with his right, with his left foot to goalboard. And for me, one of the triples is yeah, you play inside forwards and they're going to get in the box, they're going to shoot. But when it comes to crossing, yes, he's. Though he did do a good cross of his right foot in the last game, it slows things down. But also, the fullbacks knew exactly where he was going to go. They 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 basically they they showed they said to him, you know, I know you're going to, you know, they're waiting for it. There's no kind of question which way they're going to go. The same happened with with Worley and with Cummings that the basically the fullbacks just put a step over and wins the ball too easily. Yeah, and because they know exactly what they're going to do. So either we need fullbacks overlapping to put the, the defender under pressure um, to give an option or they need to be able to, to go both ways um, because, yeah, you know, it doesn't take a genius analyst to tell um, the defenders, you know, this lad is going to cut in and use his left and Wally's going to cut in and use his right. Mm, I think Wally is going to offer you more in that inside forward position than Cummings does over the course of, say, 10, 15 uh, games. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't I, 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 I think he will. I think he would Cummings is a striker he is. and he's going to be able to shoot. Wally, bless his cotton socks, has never got anywhere near to, if I remember rightly, scoring 10 goals. But, but I'm not talking about goals necessarily, I'm talking about assists. You know, you, you want Pike to be technically scoring the goals in this tactic, but it, it'll be no, a, you know, two games not, too early to judge. That's what but... inside forwards do. Firmino only scored one goal at home all season playing with inside. He said, for me, your wingers are going to get you goals, but mm, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, see. Plays we'll see, won't we? Yeah, but yeah, there's some, some interesting signs there. You know, we're trying to analyse it as, as what we watch. But um, uh, yeah, uh, round up the first off as you did. Yeah, I, I couldn't really complain, really. They worked hard. There was a lot of effort there, um, some some genuine quality at times. And in reality, I thought the defence were really good. You know, managed, managed the game well. Um, again, showing that we can play four at the back and be solid and, and, and not, not leak a lot of goals. Obviously, we did last week, but this is a good example now to show Ricketts that, yeah, we don't need five at the back. This four, solid enough to, to play out a game against a, you know, a team that are probably going to be up there at the end of the season by all, all accounts and um, and do it in, in a really relatively easy fashion in that first half, I thought. Yeah, um, so yeah, um, second half started um, and I thought we started the second half quite well, um, fairly positively. Yeah. Um, there was a really nice bit of ball where um, Cummings um, played it um, to, to Williams, who played it to, to High, then to Pike, um, who then passed it to on-running um, Walker, who got into the box 
Um, and yeah, unfortunately, kind of a bit of a rush to the head. He had a shot come cross and it kind of went off. Um, <laughs> it was a fantastic opportunity. And again, that's where you have him for his passing ability. Um, and he's not going to necessarily score in that place. He's maybe had any other midfielders that played in the game. Maybe they would have at least had a shot on target, I'd say. Yeah, Norburn, you'd imagine in that situation, probably would have been a bit better. I mean, that is one problem. <laughs> he doesn't appear to be able to shoot. And he, he he accurately said at the end of the game, Brad Walker, I should add a hat-trick. And he probably shouldn't have. He should have got at least one. Um, but, you know, he was getting up there and, and getting the chances. So you can't really argue too much about that. And um, maybe he just needs one goal. I mean, he hit that absolute thunderbolt free kick in, doesn't he? So maybe he just needs to start shooting from longer distance. Getting that close obviously puts him off, Ollie. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to forgive him for that. But, yeah, it's interesting. Considering he was sitting the deepest, he was getting up quite a lot, wasn't he, to be that sort of extra man at times yeah yeah he was doing good and again this is just that fluidity that we're playing with this season that players yeah, can run yeah. on um, and um, yeah it's going to be a bit of a threat and I thought it was interesting after that attack you could clearly hear the manager um, throughout the game um, and he was yeah shouting reset 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 and telling the players to get back in um, into position I couldn't hear what was actually on the screen, to be honest with you, because I had four children running around in front of it. So <laughs> I, could, I could see the action, but I couldn't hear too much of the commentary or the, the uh, crowd sounds. But yeah, and I guess maybe after that chance, that was really where the game changed somewhat, Ollie. It it did become much more of a sort of stodgy game from that point onwards. We, we probably weren't quite as fluid past that chance. And let's be honest, Portsmouth slowly got into the game and then actually became the better team as it went on. And, and actually, you know, you take a point at that point in time, but I'm still, you know, uh, interesting to ask you first, really, before I, before I throw a few ideas out there, but what do you think actually happened in that game? Why did we play, you know, quite, quite well in the first half and probably with a better team. And then suddenly second half, we, we found some of the good work we, we find an easy to do first half, really difficult to do. And game definitely, definitely changed game of two halves as, as usual. But you know, what do you think was the reason for that? Yeah, it's a really good question because I was trying to figure it out for myself and trying to get some opinion. That's why I was actually going to actually watch a bit of this this, this part of the game back because mm. I was really confused um, what really happened. I think part of it was um, we kind of ran out of legs a little bit. Um, I think we you know worked hard in the first half. It was a hot sunny day and I think we struggled a little bit. Mm. Um, I think yeah. Pompey kind of came on to us a little bit better. They made a few substitutions. Um, you know, I had to ask a few other people what they thought Um and yeah, Ant said, you know, we had some good positions, but the final ball was poor. Um, and then Chris said that basically he thinks that Portsmouth raised their game. And they made it a lot harder for us. Um, and we also really struggled to make the ball stick, um, which I think was really true. Um, and then Cummings kind of went below par, which I think is fair as well. I think probably all front three probably didn't really perform as well in the second half. Yeah. Um, and I always find it's interesting to talk about, to talk about Pompey a little bit. I always find... Um, Jack, a bit of a weird, uh, weird manager. He always seems the manager's always got a problem to fix. Whenever I watch <laughs> Pompey, you know, in the last few years in the playoffs, or you know, they started the season really poorly, and he always seems like he has to have something to fix in a game, and he always seems to make some change. Now, often he makes a change and it works well for him, but it does make you question. I don't know. I have no idea. But how much prep he does before games? You know, does he does he change his setup too much? It was interesting. I saw and you saw Glenn, a Pompey fan screaming and raging about how poor Shrewsbury are. Um, but then, interestingly, I did you know check the, the Pompey thread, and to be fair, most of their fans were kind of criticising their own team, not really pointing any fingers at Shrewsbury. You know, we weren't dirty or hyper defensive. Um, so for me, I think it was yeah, a combination of. 
a bit of tiredness. Some players kind of went off a little bit. Um, and I think, unfortunately, substitutions that had to be made had to kind of replace injuries, yeah. which means we couldn't really make any tactical changes. So, yeah, yeah. what was your thoughts? It's, it's interesting. You've thrown a lot out there, Ollie, and it's probably a combination of all of that plus a number of other things. I saw a lot of people um, on sort of social media and, and sort of other places talking about maybe the mentality of it. I mean, it's, it's still going to be difficult to shake that mentality that Ricketts had drilled into them <laughs> over the years that, you know, let's respect the, you know, not respect the point we've talked about on the podcast, but there is a, there is a point where you get to 60, 65 minutes, 70 minutes away from home at Portsmouth where there's this natural tendency to think now nah, this is fine a point's good and a fan as a fan I feel like a point away at Portsmouth is a good point so there is a natural tendency for that away team um, especially on opening day when you know going away and, and getting a point is a decent even better result in some respects so I think there was a mentality um, and, and maybe driven a little bit by some of the, the sways that we played in the last year and a half under Ricketts but um, you know it, it's a combination of all those things and I think another thing that I'm, I probably would say is we did tire particularly in the last 10 minutes and you know is that just because pre-season's been like it was have we maybe missed a trick on getting in a week early like some other clubs did Ollie you know we talked to Ricketts about that and you know he'd been clear that some other clubs had been in a week even a week and a half earlier than us so are we paying the price for that I don't know but certainly some of the players do look a bit leggy in two games in a row now and you'd like to think that you know as we get into the next week or two that won't be happening but I, yeah. certainly, I certainly think it's happening Ollie and I think it's, it's been yeah, clear I in both think, games um, something I put on Twitter before we came on was I think we had to use two substitutions for for mm. substitutions that ideally wouldn't happen ordinarily well, first one is a Vela came off sixty five minutes. Clearly, that was pre planned. Um, so Vela was going because Vela isn't match fit, and nor is Ollie Norborn. So we lost one substitution um, with those two players not being up to speed. Um, and then I think the second one as well is Williams going off, um, you know, with an injury. Um, so I think That's that annoying. was a second substitution that he lost. So imagine if he could have brought on, you know, changed two of the front three. Yeah, know, brought on a Doe, um, and then maybe brought on um, Daniels or. You know, we saw we you know saw, saw Ryan and Barney come on, so that was great. But maybe you would have done that a bit earlier, or maybe you would have brought some other players. So I think that kind of hampered the Ricketts him a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the last, the last. I mean, we'll talk about the moments as the game goes on. But again, I think you're right to point at the front three who definitely didn't have anywhere near the joy they had first half. And uh, you know, we gave Pike a lot of credit last week, Ollie. But there were also signs that. I was going to be really harsh then and say he could coast through games sometimes and not actually give that much but he did offer a bit and he did try to hold the ball at first half but as the game went on I think he found it harder and, and certainly maybe got a bit frustrated and just wasn't quite what, what we needed really in that circumstance to drive an attacking unit on particularly when Wally was fading and, and so was coming to be honest with you so you know combination of all three of them's performance going down but yeah one to keep an eye on with Pike hopefully you know he'll come back up to sort of that sort of barnstorming performance in some respects he gave us last week but yeah you know it, there are, there are, it's one of those games Ollie it's one of those ones where at the end we're going to say yeah they're really good things to, to look forward to um, and some really positive signs but maybe also the st- signs of some issues that Ricketts is going to have to fix and uh, going back to the very start of this little comment Ollie you said that um, Kenny Jackett is the sort of manager that's always got problems to fix um, I've always said he'd make a good Shrewsbury Town manager and there's always problems to fix at Shrewsbury Town so there we go <laughs> maybe one day he will come and fix all our problems Ollie or at least attempt to but um, yeah it's it never going to happen never <laughs> going to happen I find it funny that you know it's one of those situations I can't remember what it was was he the manager of Portsmouth last season, or did we not play them? I can't yeah, remember. Maybe it was, yeah. Been I, a few I, years now. Yeah, and it, I do like the fact that, you know, Ricketts is going up against a manager he played under for, for such a long period of time, I suppose, for a couple of years at least. So, you know, that age gap is an interesting one. And um, I, I do, in some respects, you know, think, and, and Ricketts has talked about this, one of the people he learnt the most off was was um, was Kenny Jackett, wasn't he? It, it sort of as, a, as, an, as an experienced pro. So he is from the the same cut from the same cloth as Kenny Jackett, I think. So we've just got a mini Kenny Jackett anyway, Ollie, so it's fine. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. I'm not sure we're the same kind of manager, but um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. If, um, yeah, a lot of Pompey fans aren't very happy with his performances. <laughs> Let's no. leave it there. And, um, and so, just, yeah, just so on that, Ollie, you should. You, should, you, should, you were just saying about Portsmouth. One of the things I, I have noticed is that they Portsmouth fans thought they were bang average, didn't they? And yeah, yeah they that, did. that is that is interesting to compare our performance to that because we certainly didn't see the best of Portsmouth, and, and a good Portsmouth may well have well have won this game. To be honest with you, so yeah, we caught them on a good day, I suppose. But then, yeah, both clubs that kind of expect more from their manager or want more from their manager for various True. reasons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they get on. But um, yeah, there was a bit of a scare moment here. Um, a bit like the I don't know if you saw the um, Championship playoffs um, um, final where the goalkeeper was caught off his line, um, but this time oh, yeah. Sarkic managed to get back and pat pedal um, yeah. and kind of clear the and get the ball away. Um, so. <laughs> he was miles off his line, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> It was. Um, so then there was a really good save from Sarfic as well, um, just before that, um, where basically the ball was recycled into the box after a, a free kick, which is probably their Pompey's best chances for scoring really came from set pieces. Um, and then, yeah, their defender, um, um, Watmar, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, had a, a really good effort on goal. Um, and I, that was one of those moments where you go, um, uh, yeah, just near the penalty spot, he side-footed it, but the keeper was able to save. Yeah, it was a good save that as well, um, and and that was when Sar- yeah, I think from this point, you know, it's sort of the later part of the game. Sarkic really sort of showed how good he was, wasn't he? And um, and yeah. started to make some really good saves. And, and also one of the things we were sort of saying was that it was the way he came out and claimed some of the corners and stuff was was yeah. sort of you know Dean Henderson, even even Max O'Leary last season was good at that sort of thing. And some of the sort of good loan keepers we've had, he definitely showed signs of, of being able yeah. to come out and control the box. Um, seemed pretty vocal from the sort of shouting he was doing. Good at defenders. distribution, yeah, good distribution, good kicking. So. It, lots to like about him. Um, we did mention it right up front, but you know, as the game went on, he showed that he was um, better and better, wasn't he? Um, and yeah, clean sheet on debut. You, you, can't, you can't really argue with that, can you? That's absolutely fantastic. No, that's yeah. yeah, really good, really good. Um, and then yeah, a few other things. And then I'd say, um, with, would you say this was the best chance of the game, Glenn, for for both sides? So basically, yes. we had to a warning caller. It was a bit too high for Ebanks. Hit a Pompey player, and at the time, I, I was unsure if it hit his shoulder, but I think it hit his kind of chest. Um, but then it falls to Pike, um, who absolutely leathers it with his left foot. But unfortunately, he hits it just um, above um, McLevery, who so makes I... a really good save. And then they have to do about three headers to clear the ball out of the way. But I don't know. Overall, do you think that was the best chance in the game? Oh, both by teams? miles. By miles, yeah. Um, Pike's unlucky in you know, anything. You know, he's got away at that side of the goal just because of the You've sort got to of do angle. it fast yeah. as well. He did hit it fast. But yeah. McGivery just made a bloody fantastic save. You know, absolutely brilliant. You know, very, very good save for a League One standard goalkeeper. And, and you know, give let's give McGivery credit. Ex-town player, obviously. Um, and, you know, he saved his team there and, and did, did exactly what he needed to do. So I'm not going to really be complaining about Pike on that one so much. Um, I think he did what he did. He hit it snapshot quick as possible. He aimed high. He aimed into the top of the net and just came up against the keeper in an exception good form but a really good chance and, and really unlucky if anything yeah no really unlucky yeah. and mm. god that would have been fantastic if we'd score then um, it would teacups and beers would have gone <laughs> everywhere um, and that's yeah unfortunately didn't happen and that was like 86 minutes into the game so the second half was yeah a lot of pompey possession but they didn't really do a lot with it um, and then yeah last few minutes the game got a little bit exciting again um, so 87 minutes town counter attack long ball from Norbs, but Wally just couldn't get on the end of it um, and then I, was, I think it's fair to say that Naylor's going to score a few goals for Pompey um, from set pieces. He has a really good header and hits the bar, but I think the keeper had it covered as well. And then unfortunately, um, there's two kind of moments, but this was a bit of a mess. I think this is tired legs. So mess at the back, a poor clearance um, by Ebanks to Walker, who then passes it kind of poorly back to Ebanks, who messes <laughs> it up. Then the ball falls to um, to Pierre, who has to kind of 
make a lunging tackle um, to stop uh, Marquis running through. Um, second yellow. Can't really argue about this one. No. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was unlucky. He was on the yellow, and it's not the sort of tackle you can make. But I can understand why. You know, he just didn't want to lose the game. We were coming into sort of almost. I had to time. do it, didn't he? Yeah, he had to try and tend to yeah, get off. He, he had to do something. Through on goal. Yeah. So I can't really argue with the red card. It's unfortunate to miss a player like Pierre, who's our best player, and obviously just come back for his first game of the season. But um, he'll sit out free now only, and, and give other chance, uh, give others a chance to play. Um, I just imagine that Williams will move back to centre back, and then we'll probably see Fossey or Love. Um, back at right back, so unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was what it was, wasn't it? And um, a lot of it, as you say, goes back to that first yellow card and how much of an influence it had. But yeah, just going through the chances that you know Portsmouth had there, I, I did think in the last ten minutes we were we were hanging on a couple of times. And other than the the chance we had in eighty six, which was the best chance of the game, they they did have a lot. I mean, on the agenda, there's a few chances I can think Portsmouth had that we haven't included, and it's because we're blue and amber tinted specs, I suppose. But there was one where Goldborn cleared off the line. You know, Sarkic was beat. Um, I think it was a corner and sort of a couple of half chances, and, and Goldborn was forced. To clear it off the line and they had another couple of long shots that weren't great one whistle past the post so they were they were creating a few more chances the game went on but yeah that, that one was cleared off the line I thought was probably their best chance of the game um, and, and we got away with that but there we go they got away with one with McGivery save we got away with that and uh, yeah red card late on the game sort of we just tightened up then didn't we we just sort of sat back had no more subs to change anything I think that um, Walker sat back into centre back didn't he and just saw it out um, and yeah he did yeah. so job yeah, we done we kind of went to a 4-4-1 four, four, yeah. uh, with Barney kind of tucked in a little bit more played in a, in a, in a flat four that's a good point as well, Ollie. Just to talk about Barney coming on because that's fantastic. You know, I think I saw a few people talking about how that's that's positivity for him. You know, that's Sam Ricketts trusting him in a League One game. You know, in in a reasonably pressured situation, nil nil away from home at a, a decent team. You know, that's really good to see him getting a chance now. And you know, again in our chat we had with him, he talked about you know youth players coming through, and he mentioned Barney, and he, he sort of pointed out where he was going to play to you, and he did come on in that position. Ollie. He came on and was sort of playing initially in the Cummins role before the red card, wasn't he? So, yeah, interesting that he's, he's seen as that sort of a player, and I'd like to see him get a, a game or two as the season goes on. I'm sure we'll see it in the Cups, and hopefully he can push on, because there's nothing better than, again, seeing a Shropshire lad get in the team and, and push on for, for a starting place. That's what we want to see, isn't it? So, yeah, congratulations to, to Ryan Barnett, I would say, on that one. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Shame he didn't get a little bit longer. Yes, and Shame he, he didn't get any... Um to get the opportunity to really impress. But he did all right, didn't do anything wrong. Um, so I guess that's not too bad for a start. Um, before we go on to top three, just a quick word about Pompey. We always do cover the opposition. Um, you know, from what the game, Glenn, do you expect a good season for them? Or do you think they might, you know, not be so great? Judging on that one performance, they, they look just about as average as we did at times, during most of it. And yeah. they'll probably end up mid-table, same as us. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to judge it on one game, especially as... Um, yeah, for all we know, they could have been missing a couple of players or something. I just, I just don't know. But they, they weren't great, and um, I can understand why Pompey fans expect better um, because they are one of the biggest teams in the league still, regardless of everything. So, yeah, it's fine. Let's let's get a point at Portsmouth. We'll, we'll take that back, and and we'll have easier games this season, I should imagine. Yeah, I think for me, it's interesting. Um, Andy Davis shared. He said that he thought Pompey were average on team sheet before, and he thought they proved it in the game. Um, they lacked quality in the second half. Um, and basically, yeah, you know, he wasn't overly impressed with them. For me, that's the same as well. I was expecting a bit more from them. Um, you know, they didn't really try to pass it through us. They didn't seem to try and take the game. Yeah, okay, both then number 10s kind of struggles. Um, um, there's a substitution um, that came on to, to take off the first number 10. I think it was Evans or if Evans started, I can't remember which way around it was. 
Um, yeah, so, so Evans, yeah, Evans started and then he came off after 55 minutes for Cannon, um, which doesn't say a lot if you're being pulled off after 55 minutes. And Cannon <laughs> didn't really get into the game either. So I think they really struggled to kind of do much. So be interested to see how they get on, whether they start picking up results. Um, if you don't, I think the manager might be under some pressure. But obviously the fans yeah. can't show their displeasure because none of them are there. Well, they were doing it online, so that's fine. But, I mean, from Portsmouth and Sunderland and probably Hull this season, they're in Ipswich, you know, they're the clubs where the managers become under pressure much sooner. There's just a higher expectation, isn't there? You know, if Ricketts had a, a similarly bad run, he probably would last it out more than um, Kenny Jacket would at, 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 uh, at Portsmouth. So, yeah, and one to keep an eye on. I mean, I'm sure they'll, you know, they've had a few dodgy games against us recently, but ended up doing pretty well in the season, haven't they? You know, we've actually had a really good set of results at Portsmouth over the years. You know, we've... Bobby Grant scored two there, didn't he? And we, we won a couple in between that game a few years ago. So, um, and they've always ended up where there or thereabouts, haven't they? With a, with a decent season, so it's it's difficult to judge it on the performance against us. But um, yeah, it, it, it's it's fine. I'm, I'm all right with them being average against us. <laughs> <laughs> right, one thing cool. I was saying, you, you just said then that Portsmouth fans are expecting more from their team um, in that game. On the basis that we were really positive last week and the way we attacked against Middlesbrough, and were, were probably really gun ho in some respects, were you expecting more from Town? Uh, when you take in the whole 90 minute performance were you expecting more from town than we saw on Saturday that's a really good question Um, probably probably Mm. maybe a little bit more I think maybe first half we were fine I think a little bit more second half yeah definitely expected a little bit more a little bit disappointed that we didn't kind of take that kind of energy and stuff into the second half. But again, I think the substitutions and just the kind of situations we are of some of our midfielders and stuff was kind of a bit lacking. I think for me, if anything else, it just proves that, you know, what we've been saying all along, we want a bit more quality Mm. in the squad in the final third. And I don't think this game's, you know, it it certainly um, helps the case for that, which Mm. I know Sam Ricketts knows anyway, because he says he wants to sign a few more quality players. I think for me, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, oh God, you're not writing off, and I'm excited by the positives. It just felt like a little bit of a of a of a, of a reality check in some respects. Yeah. We scored I think it'd be interesting to and... go from this yeah. game um, to Northampton. We're going to be a bit more physical, but without being too rude, you'd expect Northampton to not do as well as Pompey this season. So it'd be really interesting to see how we come up against that side. Comparing this game next week, Glenn, when we're talking, doing the podcast at the same time next week, it'd be really interesting to see if we come back to this question. You know, um, you know what did we expect and are we at the level we, we thought? Who knows, we might even sign a player between now and then. Well, where it's going, I wouldn't hold your breath, Ollie. Um, but yeah, I just think you know we, we talk about all the positives and how we're going to play differently. And but we've spent two two seasons almost, I suppose, with all the bits that we've had of, of lamenting our lack of goals in the football league, and it was another zero. So you know, let's let's hope it's not a pattern that repeats, and we can start to score a bit more regularly like we did against Middlesbrough. But yeah, just a little bit of a, a of a sort of gap check. And I'm not that's not to say this was a bad performance, Ollie. I'm not saying that at all. But no, I think you're just going to see different performances over these first ten games. And you know, as I say, we'll make our judgment over ten games as to what, what we've settled down like and where we might be headed um, we're just seeing glimpses of it now Ollie, and it's hard to crystallise anything um, on these one-off games so there we go your top three Ollie. yeah I went to for, for Sarkic um, number one uh, Walker second and Goldborn third um, I thought Goldborn had a really good first half a bit more of a defensive performance second half um, but I, I think worth just saying I don't think really anyone else really kind of challenged those three no no uh yeah, I think that's probably fair. Actually, Ebanks was good. I thought in general. Uh, Vela did well for passing, yeah. and when I looked at the stats, he had eighty-seven percent passing completion, which is pretty impressive. Wow, um, for League One. Um, but yeah, no one really kind of stood out. No, not across Pike. The maybe he carried his form on throughout the whole game, but he didn't. No, he didn't. So yeah, I, I went for the same three, just slightly different. I went for Sarkiv, Sarkiv um, first. Um, I went for Goldborn second, and Walker 
Third, I mean, Walker and Goldborn were pretty similar, but I've, I've got a bit of a, of a crush on Goldborn at the moment after his performance last week and how much of a, a sort of model professional he's being and and, um, and that experience he's given us on the pitch. So, yeah, uh, I just gave him that for that. And that, I gave him for that goal line save that we did. I say it wasn't on the agenda, but it really stood out to me during the game, watching it with no commentary. Maybe it wasn't as exciting on the commentary, but um, just watching the game, I was like, bloody hell, he was quick and moved across the line really quickly to save it. So, fantastic. And all three of them deserve um, some man match points for definite Ollie. But, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a few more in contention next weekend. Um, um, and then, yeah, we normally wrap it up with what Ricketts had to say. I've not had a chance to see his interview, but you watched it this week, haven't you? And you had some observations about how he came across? Yeah, he seems a bit more assured of himself. Um, seems a little bit more confident and, yeah, even joking with, uh, I think it was an uh, opposition member of the press uh, who was asking him some questions <laughs> at the end about <laughs> tactics and stuff. And he said, I'm not going to tell you, give you all my secrets away. So he seems a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more, probably, you know, getting a good away point is going to help that. But he just seemed yeah. a little bit more confident and hopefully we get to see a bit more about it. Because we don't want to keep talking about it every week, but we did meet him, and he's, he's a really nice guy. But in the press conference, he comes across as quite cold and quite um, yeah, he does. obviously protecting himself, which is fair enough. You don't want to start telling everyone what you do and giving people clues and tips um, to help them um, come and prepare against us. But yeah, good to see a little bit more from him. So, what did he say? Um, coming away from, um, with something which is good, you know, so many positives. The players are excellent, and we should have scored. Went toe to toe with a team that will be in the top six. So it's interesting he doesn't call them top two; he calls them top six. On the goalkeeper, you know, it was obviously it was a really tough decision, um, but and he had to make quite a few tough decisions today. Um, but he was really, really pleased with how the um, players and the goalkeeper in particular performed. I mean, you say they shared that the players were talking about unity in the dressing room after the game. Um, second yellow, he couldn't really complain. Um, and then he shared, as we've already alluded to already, that Edwards got injured. Goss had a knock at the start of the week. So I think that must be one of his tough decisions. He started Walker above the head of Goss. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see if Goss starts at home um, and then you mentioned about the hamstring strain for Williams which sounded poor to me to us yeah I think people were assuming he'd had a, a knock or something but a hamstring strain hamstring is, is not a, yeah a, a bruising great. or something like that but your hamstring is not something you want to hear especially when you you, you trade on Williams's pace and, and and athleticism isn't it and um, so you know you want him to have some pretty strong hamstrings but fingers crossed it's a very very minor strain and something that the, 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 uh, the media <laughs> I don't know the media will be looking after it but the uh, physio and, and the fitness staff can sort out pretty quickly because um, with, with Pierre being out Ollie we should just mention this for a two weeks if, if he's got a hamstring strain and he can't play next week against Northampton what are we doing is it Walker is it is it Walker and, and Ebanks because you know suddenly we've not got a lot of centre-backs knocking around have we Sears maybe Sears yeah good shout yeah so we might be you know a little bit down to the bare bones in defence next weekend so um, that's one to keep an eye on hopefully he yeah. recovers but yeah um, hopefully Lewis can share some good news in the week fingers crossed yeah but that, that was it really it, what nil uh, nil nil point off and running um, we're not bottom of the league uh, but we haven't won this season yet so It'd be nice to nice to get a win in our third game and just get that monkey off our back now because we've had draw loss. Um, yeah, we need a win now, don't we? So um, yeah, that, that's it really. I suppose we, we, we're just going to move on to a little bit of sad news to wrap yeah. this off, won't we, Ollie? But there isn't too much to talk about at the moment, except I suppose for news on what isn't happening um, because on Friday the football club put out another um, one of their sort of fans Q and A's about reduced capacity at matches, and this follows on from something we mentioned very quickly last week, which was about. Um, uh, you know, the government sort of changing the decision about um, the pilot schemes. Now, we're sitting here on a Sunday night. What is it? The 13th, isn't it? You know, it's less less than a week now till we play Northampton at home. I'm not, not going to rule it out because I don't know anything, but it doesn't feel like we'll be going to watch Shrewsbury Town versus Northampton in the stadium. And if we are, then it looks like it's only going to be a thousand fans, which doesn't cover... Um, you know, covers less than a half of our season ticket holders. So either way, they've got a nightmare week trying to sort that out. 
um, and get the tickets sold and then get a thousand people in there and leave a thousand two hundred people pretty pissed off. So either way, this next week is either gonna be nothing or is gonna be a lot of angry people and, and it's gonna be really difficult for the club, isn't it? And it's not a situation they wanna put themselves in. They've worked incredibly hard. Um and, you know, I've been talking to, to some of the people obviously in, in the podcast and Mike and, and uh various people about it and you can't argue with the work they've done but it's just the situation we find ourselves in and um it's, it's unfortunate yeah hopefully um, we can get into the stadium soon uh, but yeah mm. it's one of those things it is annoying it is annoying i mean i've had a chance maybe and we, we yeah, mentioned it on here but we might have another chance to interview someone um at the football club about a lot of these uh situations over the next week or so so keep an eye out for maybe getting an interview about that on but um yeah I, you know i just want to get back in there now and um I don't know. Well, one question for you. If there was only 1,000 people against Northampton, Ollie, and you've got 2,200 season ticket holders, right? What what would you do? How would you how would you let those people in? How would you make Longevity. that decision? Longevity of season ticket. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea as well. I've seen a lot of ideas. There's, you know... Because me and you both had one from the start. Well, exactly, mate. That's just total, total selfishness. <laughs> well, actually, it's actually, that's not fair because actually there's probably some of those guys have had them for 30 years. Um, but we're yeah, that's true. Meadow, so. Well, I've had, yeah. How yeah, long have you the, had your season ticket since even since including the game? Meadow, I yeah, I went went yeah, traveling okay. around the world, came back, and then um, basically the first season I could really watch Shrewsbury after you know with a job and everything um, was this new Meadows era. So I've, I've had mine since the conference season, so you know if that's fine. But there's all, there's zero chance Shrewsbury Town know who's had a season ticket since <laughs> since, since before, before the <laughs> since, um, yeah, it's got to be about the um, the the. Um, What's the what can't think of the word? But your supporters number, that's it. Yeah, consistency. Uh, yeah, they they might have yeah. that information. Um, obviously, hopefully they sort of when they moved from their old system, they had I think it was talent or something, wasn't it? Across the um, Ticketmaster. Hopefully they kept that information. If they haven't, then they can't do it that way. It'll be just uh, supporters numbers, I think. So ran- yeah, would it be random numbers? Do I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think it would be, be longevity. But then what if you yeah. have everyone in bubbles or everyone mm-hmm. is individuals? So yeah, let's not go into that. It's really confusing. <laughs> and we, it and it is. could change by week by week. It is, but it's, it, you know, it is worth mentioning. As I say, I would, uh, you know, we won't go through all of it, Ollie, but I would advise everyone to have a look at that latest Q and A. Um, they talk about things on there um, to do with, you know, what will I follow passes be like, um, all sorts of things about streaming that people have been asking questions about, and actually how it might work. So, yeah, definitely worth a read if you missed that, because obviously it was Friday, and then obviously we went into the game. A lot of people might have missed it, but yeah, get on the website and have a look. Um, and yeah, that'll probably answer a lot of questions people have. Um, but it's not all the answers, is it? Which is unfortunate. So. There we go. I suppose, last thing, Ollie, we forgot to do predictions last week, didn't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because... We didn't. So just before we get that, maybe just worth running through a couple of interesting results in the league. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So Stanley beat Peterborough 2-0, which was quite Great. interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was quite funny. Um, really good strike from a player on loan from Chelsea for their second goal. He's, I can't remember his name, but he's a player worth keeping an eye out. Um, and then, yeah, um, Sunderland drew Bristol Rovers. Um, Swindon beat Rochdale 3-1. Um, Hull beat Gillingham 2-0, which is a pro- pretty good result, considering Gillingham, I think, have done some good business. And Lincoln, um, Apple, Appleby beat um, Oxford, his old team, 2-0. Mm, so that yeah. was a good result. Um, Blackpool, with all their um, star strikers and wingers, um, couldn't get a goal. And Plymouth beat them 1-0. And then, obviously, looking ahead for our next game, um, Northampton 2, um, Wimbledon 2. Um, so that was a four goals, a thriller there. All those goals in the first half. But it's worth just noting, actually, I watched all the goals back on, on Quest and there was a lot of um, what I'd call kind of like mistakes and a lot of goals from set pieces yeah. and crosses. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really any good passing, you know, good team goals, which isn't too much a surprise really given where we are and obviously it was first game of the season. Mm. Uh, looking at the league results, I just find it, you know, very 
Sam Ricketts that the, the only game in the whole of League One on the opening day to finish <laughs> nil nil <laughs> was a, was the town game. There we go. That starts we mean to go on, but um, yeah, I say we didn't lose, so we're not bomb. Then we'll keep that no. for a moment. But um, so we yeah. forgot, yeah, because well, basically what happened was is because I used Gender Three Episode Three was expected us to, we expected it to be a, um, a a news kind of pre-season pod. And we didn't have the use of the normal agenda, and we forgot about predictions, Glenn, didn't we? So I know, I know. And last season's competition, we got we, we haven't was decided, we decided we voided it, didn't we? Um, yeah. Unlike the football league, who who did it on a points per game basis, which I would point out, I would have won on. Um, but there we go. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we voided it. So this hopefully we'll get through a prediction uh, competition because I'm currently winning two one in seasons uh, that we completed. So I'm looking to add to my uh, victory, Ollie. But. Yeah, Northampton at home next week. So, yeah, interesting. We all don't know too much about Northampton. Obviously, we see they drew 2-2 at the weekend. Um, I can't imagine they're going to light the league on fire this season. Um, and, you know, there's always a team that comes up that does really well, doesn't it? But I think, for me, it'll probably be Swindon this year. I did mention that on the Plymouth. picture pod. Probably yeah, be Plymouth. Than North yeah, Plymouth. maybe. But, you know, I'm thinking, let's get off. I'm thinking we'll probably get our first win on Saturday and it'll probably be a pretty scrappy game, but we'll probably score a couple of goals. So I'm going to go for us to beat them 2-1. Yeah, I was going to go two one as well. I was tempted to go three one to get a differential to try and beat you, no, but no, I, was, I think I think this this earlier in the season, you know, I'd be happy with two goals. Um, I'd be happy with the three points. Obviously, I'd be happy with a clean sheet, but I think the fact that they scored two goals against Wimbledon, I don't know, maybe gives me maybe maybe they're not going to get shut out. But I think the fact that we've got Pierre out and Williams risk, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think if, if those two, I think if Pierre was playing. I'd maybe go for a nil uh, for, for a uh, you know a clean sheet again for Shrewsbury, um, but yeah, both going two one could easily be two two. Who knows? But we'll find out. It'd probably be nil nil again. Three points would be fantastic. When we <laughs> yeah, it's what, and that's going. what we want, isn't it? Now that's that's the next thing, isn't it? We've we've seen that this team start to gel. We've seen what they've got to offer in the attacking positions. We've seen they can continue to be defensively solid in the football league. Um, fans are now going to want to start to see us getting a three points on the board. If it doesn't happen against Northampton, I think we're going to want to see us at least win that L you know LDV Cup shit thing, whenever it is, um, whenever that stupid cup game is you know if we can't get a win against uh, Northampton yeah just get that win off the monkey monkey off the back with a win in that game and then yeah we look to where, see where the season will go but it's it's great Ollie it's two games in now it's just starting to see the players and, and what they're like and learning little bits about them and seeing how they developed and it's it's good I feel like we're getting back into the swing of kind of you know doing salad cast a little bit when you know we kind of uh, sort of found it difficult over the summer with nothing to really talk about so yeah it's good to have league football back That's all yeah I just say. wish we had a Tuesday night game we've yeah. got more games oh. now get yeah. into them thick and fast but obviously Tuesday night is kind of being pro- um, given to the League Cup. And if I remember right, actually, I think Northampton are actually playing midweek. Oh, right. Probably should, one of us probably should have checked that, but um, we're not professionals and we're not getting paid. Um, but yeah, um, let's just have a quick look. The beauty of the internet. Um, so What's you looking, Ollie? I'll, I'll, oh, they're playing Bristol City, yes, on Wednesday. Oh, right, so nice. So that's good. Hopefully... Hopefully they get either battered or get some injuries <laughs> and, yeah, we give an advantage. But, yeah, they're playing Wednesday night, um, so that will give us a little bit of advantage, obviously, because they'll have less time to prepare. Yeah, I'm doing an interview with BBC Northampton tomorrow about, I don't know, one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that, and they want to do a sort of five, six-minute piece to play out during the pre-match on their radio station before the game on Saturday. Um, and he was he asked me three questions. What do I make of Aaron Pierre? So I can be very positive about that. Who's our most famous fan? 
And I was like, uh, the guy off Radio 6 Music? Is it, what's his name? Hawkins? Like, <laughs> yeah. Who else have we got that's a famous fan? Hawkins, I, said, I, I said, Joe Art. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, have to th- I'll have to maybe look that up. But we haven't got anyone who's famous that comes to games regularly, have we, that I'm aware of? So, no, um, the 6 Music guy is Hawkins. I can't remember his name. Chris Jim, Hawkins Jim, is. Chris Hawkins. Yeah, also. I don't listen to 6 Music. But um, he was at the. I remember being at the Salford away game when we played them in the Cup. Um, he was handing out some sort of free merch, I think, from the radio station or something. I can't remember. He was giving something away. He was away. born in Loppington, Shropshire. Yeah. There we go. Um, and and something else as well. So that'd be an interesting interview. I'll, I'll maybe see if I can get it clipped and, and maybe, uh, I don't know, put it up somewhere on Twitter at a later date. But yeah, lots to look forward to this week. Uh, nice rest for the lads. Get a good set of training in then. And yeah, let's go and get that win, mate. Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to it. And yeah, we'll be back again next week. Maybe get some guests on soon as well. But, yes. Um, yeah, good to be back. Good stuff. Catch you all next week. Oh!